This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the internate is not a worker studios in Washington, D.C. Still laughing at that name. <laughs> well, get used to it. We got another three or four weeks of it. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel, where you can subscribe and watch a live stream of this show. You can also get bonus content, including our weekly zine. You also hear a choice top of the show banter from us. Yes. I'm a little out of sorts today. I'm not going to lie. I think you've uh, picked up on this. Came in a little late, 30 minutes late. Spent a lot of time on Twitter today. Yeah. Uh, one of the reason is I was playing Medieval Total War last night. Jesus. <laughs> I'm uh, rekindling all the old flames. <laughs> uh, I, I got into that a little bit, but it only lasted about a week. I'm, I'm a Civ boy through and through. I, I can't expand, branch out further than that other than to play some PS4 every now and then. Civ is great. I just, sometimes you want to mix it up. Variety is the spice of life. Nice. Well, let's, uh, let's get done recording here so you can get back to it. <laughs> no, no, no. We, ha- we have some more banter. We're, we're not done talking about Elon Musk. We we talked about him yesterday. It's true. How he sent out that tweet predicting that he would secure funding to take a private buyout of Tesla stock at $420 per share. Still not sure what he was doing there. Still not sure what he was I doing I like there. your theory, though, that he wants to go private to avoid any public humiliation of watching his public stock go down and people screenshotting it and posting it on Twitter. I also, excuse me. I also felt very personally attacked by Musk's plan (laughs) because I've been telling people to short Tesla stock for a long time. Uh, And that is what we want to talk about. We, the, the, the financial times today reached out to some people, some institutional investors who uh, have shorted Tesla to get, to get their take on the whole thing. And uh, not surprisingly, they're still pretty confident. A lot of them uh, in their decision And I just want to read some of that now, reading now from the story. Quote, hedge fund manager and longtime Tesla bear Mark Spiegel at Stanfull Capital said no one believed Mr. Musk could secure funding to take the company private. Clearly, we all believe there's an extremely low probability he can get the deal done, he said. He can't do it with debt. The financials are too horrible, so it'd have to be equity. And there's not enough stupid money to buy this company at an $80 billion valuation. I don't know about that, but... Well, eighty a lot bi- of stupid money, but eighty billion is eighty a lot. billion is a lot. It is a lot. Another short seller, Christopher Irons from a research firm called Quoth the Raven, Jeez. said this quote: "If I lose by the company being bought out or taken private by somebody willing to pay this valuation for it, I can make peace with that." <laughs> you know, I I, I, I like fe- that attitude. I do like that attitude. It's sort of like when. Uh, uh, Who's the bigger sucker when it comes down to it? Well, it, 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 I feel like in this case, at least with Tesla and taking a short bet on it, 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 it may remind. It sort of reminds me of low odds bets, like 
when you got a good team playing a bad team and you want to make money off of it, so you put a bunch of money on because the odds are low, but it's like it's it's a sure thing anyway, right? Yeah. And, and then if if the team is upset, you can live with that because you made the right decision, putting all the money on the uh, on, on the right move, right? Sort of, sort of. I mean, I I'd, I'd see it more the other way around. Like if you if you thought the underdog was the lock this week, nobody else thought it, but you thought it, and you bet all your money on the underdog because you get a huge payout. Right, right, right. And that underdog fought its way to the very end and then some bullshit call by the ref allowed the the favorite to win <laughs> and you lost all your money. You'd still feel okay about it. I guess I just don't see shorting <laughs> Tesla as an underdog position. Yeah, maybe not. But I mean, it sort of is considering how like often Elon Musk is blown by the media and his company is adored by... I mean, watch MSNBC. Right, they, right. Yeah. But we... But, that's just what I say ten, to everything. But, Watch MSNBC. <laughs> but just ten really to fifteen. Stop. Yeah, but just ten to fifteen years ago, we saw uh, similar coverage for the new innovators of the housing market and how they were breaking down barriers and freeing up capital and and slicing and dicing risk. And we had all these glowing profiles of similar shit. I'll just say we and the tech the tech boom yeah. in, in ninety eight ninety nine whatever. We have a general rule that we don't want like bullshit capitalists on our show, but. I'm willing to waive that rule to get some of these guys, some of these guys at these firms that are shorting Tesla stock to come on the show and talk about it. It does seem like now, or at least earlier this afternoon, that they were right and that they're they're right to be confident still. Uh, at around twelve forty five Eastern time, Tesla was around three hundred fifty five dollars per share. So it's almost lost uh, or it's lost more than half of the bump that it received when Elon Musk tweeted that funding secured or whatever. Hmm. I I guess I would be pissed, though, if I were a short seller and I shorted at 320 or 340 as opposed to 370. Like, if, if you were ever waiting for a time, if you were, like, on the fence about shorting Tesla, your move really should have been when it peaked after uh, after Elon's tweet there about... How he's funded, he's secured funding for his four twenty sixty nine dollar buyout or whatever. <laughs> All right, let's. Why get not six hundred ninety dollars per share, Elon? Come on, Re- Elon. Reach, reach for the stars. Yeah. It's Thursday, August 9th, twenty eighteen. Here's the news. <laughs> More atrocities in Yemen with the support of the U.S. government. Earlier today, Saudi-led forces killed scores of people, including children, after an airstrike hit a bus at a market in the province of Sada. According to the Red Cross, at least 29 kids were killed and 30 were injured. 48 people were injured altogether. A TV station run by Houthi rebels fighting the Saudis said that 47 people were killed and 77 were wounded. The BBC reported it wasn't clear if the Saudi coalition was targeting the bus. Spokesperson Colonel Turki al-Malki described the airstrike as, quote, a legitimate military action conducted in conformity with international humanitarian law. Al-Malki also accused the Houthis of using civilians as a human shield. Human shield. Yeah, militaries that either don't care or try to kill civilians love this excuse. They love the line. Listen, Mr. Turkey. Al-Malki. You're full of shit. Turkey. He is full of shit. Sounds a lot like the Israeli excuse, the IDF excuse. Yeah, or the U.S. excuse. Or the U.S. Right, but I'm just thinking of 2014 in Gaza yeah. when every night on the news, 
Speaking of watching MSNBC, <laughs> we see Israel IDF uh, spokespeople Flack being like, "Oh, it's human shields, human shields." Exact same dynamic here. For the record, I say like look at MSNBC a lot, but when I say that, that's shorthand for also CNN, the New York Times, Washington Post, because they all are usually in lockstep on a lot of the shit we complain about. Indeed, they are. There have been about 10,000 civilian casualties so far since the Saudi-led invasion of Yemen started in 2015. A blockade by Saudi forces has produced the biggest ongoing humanitarian catastrophe in the world, with more than 22 million people needing assistance, as ABC News noted today. Part of coalition efforts to enforce the blockade include ongoing operations against the Houthi-held port city of Hodeidah. Last week, coalition forces were accused by international aid orgs of killing 30 people in an airstrike on a fish market in the city. The Saudis denied the claims, pointing the blame at Houthis. But who are you going to believe, charity workers or the Saudi military? I'll believe Mr. Turkey. <laughs> Not to mention the uh, the strikes on the fish market were reportedly fired from jets, which the Houthis do not have. Mm. They do not have jets. The Saudis do. Sometimes those jets, those Saudi jets, are refueled with help from the U.S. military. So that's uh, your tax dollars. Uh, more than sometimes. <laughs> more than sometimes. A lot of times. A lot of times uh, your tax dollars are there hard at work bombing one of the poorest countries in the world into a dark age. The mega merger between Tribune and Sinclair is officially dead, with the two media companies now headed to court against each other. Wow, what a spectacular turn of events. Tribune walked away from the deal on Thursday and filed suit against Sinclair, alleging breach of contract. The acrimonious ending comes after the FCC voted in July to refer the merger to a judge, which likely meant the deal would be blocked. With allies in the Trump administration and and the FCC, the companies believe the merger would sail through. But Tribune is now accusing Sinclair of basically being too greedy and being kind of a dick, which scuttled the deal. Tribune alleges that, quote, in an effort to maintain control over stations, it was obligated to sell, if advisable to obtain regulatory clearance, Sinclair engaged in belligerent and unnecessary protracted negotiations with DOJ and the FCC over regulator requirements, all in the service of Sinclair's self-interest and in derogation of its contractual obligations. It's also alleged that Sinclair representatives were, quote, confrontational, with and belittling of DOJ staff. Really couldn't have asked for a better ending to all this. No, you couldn't. It's a dream ending. It almost reminds me of uh, Manafort and Gates fighting (laughs) fighting in court or uh, Congressman Chris Collins having to drag his entire family into court. We've had some good news lately. We have, we have. Some really damn good news. I have to say, some of this feels like it's sour grapes on Tribune's part. Yeah. Like, they were all happy to uh, to have Sinclair try this Until it didn't fucking work. True. Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke angered environmentalists in California yesterday when he blamed opposition to logging as the cause for ongoing historic wildfires. Zinke's agency also antagonized California Greens by signaling that fracking would once again take place in the state for the first time in years. Yesterday, the Bureau of Land Management published a proposed regulation seeking comment on a plan that would open 1.6 million acres in California to energy exploration. 
The rule would allow companies to search for potential drilling opportunities, including fracking opportunities. Proposed areas to be impacted include Fresno, San Luis Obispo, and six other counties in Northern California, as the Sacramento Bee noted. The Bureau of Land Management hasn't permitted energy exploration in California since 2013. That year, a federal judge said BLM violated the law in the state by greenlighting oil leases without conducting the proper environmental impact assessment of fracking. Earlier this year, the Trump administration tried to force California to accept fracking by gutting all federal regulations on the practice. State Attorney General Javier Becerra sued in response. Of all the counties impacted by yesterday's order, perhaps it will be San Luis Obispo that is most antagonized. As the SACB noted, activists in the county are pushing a ballot initiative to prohibit fracking altogether, though the proposed law would not have any impact on federal lands. The humiliation of Vice President Mike Pence continues as he was dispatched by the Trump administration today to talk about the Space Force. Pence actually relished it, though, I think. Uh, Here's a clip from the event. Establishing the Space Force is an idea whose time has come. The space environment has fundamentally changed in the last generation. What was once peaceful and uncontested is now crowded and adversarial. Today, other nations are seeking to disrupt our space-based systems and challenge American supremacy in space as never before. Ooh, mustn't challenge American supremacy in space. U.S. empire extends to space. You've heard it right there. It'd be funny if right after Pence was talking about U.S. supremacy in space, like some alien ships rolled up and knocked out all our satellites (laughs) just to be like, what were you saying about U.S. supremacy? What what was that? Huh? What was that? That would rule. Intelligent life form. Intelligent life form traveling millions of light years just to own our stupid baby vice president. It'd be all about that. All about it. Um, (laughs) Worth mentioning, despite Pence's appeals, the Pentagon isn't exactly moving quickly on the Space Force idea. The recently passed National Defense Authorization Act makes a few organizational changes and calls for a study to be done on a potential Space Force, but no real substantial investment in the thing. Not to, well, I don't know. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, nitpicking over things here, but I mean, yeah, American supremacy over space. That's like, first of all, that's a ridiculous idea because it's space and it's huge. And also there are international treaties that govern the peaceful exploration of space. It's not the best way to make the case for the Space Force. but, But the de facto decline of quote unquote American supremacy in space has been driven by Republicans who don't want to fund NASA. Yes, well, also by uh, private companies that are now that NASA is now reliant on to build right the next spaceships like Tesla, like well, well SpaceX, well, SpaceX, not but, Tesla, yeah. but SpaceX uh, and uh, Boeing and shit. So right. it's hard not to uh, sort of analyze SpaceX in the context uh, or, or without sort of taking a look at Tesla. I mean, they're owned by the same fucking eccentric dipshit. You kind you kind of have to. Yeah. And what what we've seen from uh what what we've seen from Tesla over the past few months and Elon on Twitter doesn't exactly inspire confidence. That'll do it for the newscast today. Before we go, let's check on the listener rant line. 
Hey, fellas. So one of your people called in and was like talking about, quote, California water politics, quote, unquote. And like I live on the East Coast, so we don't have that issue so much. But it's still like to hear somebody say water politics was like a little shocking. And I'm like, well, I guess that means socialism is really failing the people of California. And then another part of me is like, well, if we lived in like a real, like if our economy was like responsible to the real needs of people and shit, like there would be no people in fucking California. At least not Southern California, because there's no fucking water. The capitalist in me is like, well, there's no capitalist in me. The socialist in me is like, take care of these people in California. There should be no such thing as water politics. But then another part of me is like, well, there shouldn't be such a thing as water politics because people shouldn't live where there's no fucking water. I don't know, dude. 2018 is fucked up. Oh, peace. Hard to argue with uh, the point the caller's making, but people do live there now, and it's kind of hard to go back in time and stop it. Yeah, yeah, that that that's true. But it, yeah, I mean, Southern California is. It, I've never been there. It seems great. It seems like a fantastic place to hang out and that's skateboard right. and smoke weed and stuff. They really fucked up the whole water situation, though. I'm not sure that place should exist. Every time I go to Las Vegas, I'm in a cab, and the cab driver is always from the airport is always talking about the developers in Vegas and how there's no water. He's like, they're building all these buildings, and there's no water for anybody here. And Vegas really shouldn't be there at all. Don't know how that exists. Grim. Damn, Sam, what up? This is great from St. Louis. Let's turn this rant line into a rave line. Missouri just beat down right to work. We beat it two to one. Let's celebrate. Woo! Yeah, that's it. It's awesome. Yeah. Two to one in Missouri, of all places. Put it on the ballot in every right to work state. A, a, another good thing about this is that it sort of puts Claire McCaskill on the defensive because. She's always, or, or or at least the McCaskill apologists are always like, well, she obviously has to go like to the right as possible yeah. to win in a place like Missouri. Nope. I'm not sure she does. Hey, this is Macho Man Rand Paul's neighbor. Um, I am from Buffalo. Uh, Chris Collins has been a real shitbag in Buffalo for a real long time. And uh, I got the news. Uh, Chris Collins got arrested for insider trading, and I'd just like to say, <laughs> oh, I know that the world is hell and nothing will probably come of it, but still, just the thinking about Chris Collins going to jail for this shit is like porn to me. I have such a boner. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh, man, when I saw the news, I felt the same way. I did, I did. I was just thinking about it. There is one possible bad outcome, which is if this whole ordeal unites the Collins family, Mm. and they're like, we've just been so strengthened by this adversity or something. Because I was thinking, hey, if nothing else happens, the family is ruined, and that's the plus. (laughs) But that might not even happen, but at any rate... Let's root for a conviction and the family being ruined. (laughs)
<laughs> we can walk and chew gum, baby. No more show. Thank you. Thanks for calling in the rant line, 202-684-6108. Also, thank you to our sponsors, the Congressional, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Also, thank you to levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. You get all sorts of perks if you become a subscriber. The newscast is back Monday. The Sentinel cast for subscribers is tomorrow. We'll stay here in DC so you don't have to be.